Chapter 24 Leaving the house was so easy that Winnie felt faintly shocked. She had half expected that the instant she put a foot on the stairs they would leap from their beds and surround her with accusations, but no one stirred, and she was struck by the realization that, if she chose, she could slip out night after night without their knowing. The thought made her feel more guilty than ever that she should once more take advantage of their trust. But tonight, this one last time, she had to. There was no other way. She opened the door and slipped out into the heavy August night. Leaving the cottage was like leaving something real and moving into a dream. Her body felt weightless, and she seemed to float down the path to the gate. Jessie was there, waiting. Neither of them spoke. He took her hand, and they ran together, lightly down the road, past other sleeping cottages, into the dim and empty center of the village. The big glass windows here were lidded eyes that didn't care, that barely saw them, barely gave them back reflections. The blacksmith's shop, the mill, the church, the stores, so busy and alive in daylight, were hunched, deserted now, dark piles and shapes without a purpose or a meaning. And then, ahead, Winnie saw the jailhouse, its new wood still unpainted, lamplight spilling through a front window at the front. And there, in the cleared yard behind it, like a great L upside down, was the gallows. The sky flashed white, but this time it wasn't heat lightning, for a few moments later a low mumble still far away announced at last the, storm, the coming storm. A fresh breeze lifted Winnie's hair, and from somewhere in the village behind them a dog barked. Two shadows detached themselves from the gloom as Winnie and Jess came up, Tuck pulled her to him and hugged her hard, and Miles squeezed her hand. No one said a word. Then the four of them crept to the back of the building. Here, too high for Winnie to see into, was a barred window through which, from the room in front, light glowed faintly. Winnie peered at it, at the blackness of the bars with the dim gold of the light between. Into her head came lines from an old poem. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Over and over the lines repeated themselves in her head, till they were altogether meaningless. Another roll of thunder sounded. The storm was moving nearer. Then Miles was standing on a box. He was pouring oil around the frame of the window. A swirl of wind brought the, the, the thick, rich smell of it down to Winnie's nostrils. Tuck handed up a tool, and Miles began to pry at the nails securing the window frame. Miles knew carpentering. Miles could do the job. Winnie shivered and held tight to Jessie's hand. One nail was free. Another... Jessie reached up to receive them as they came out one by one. A fourth nail screeched as it was pried up, and Miles poured on more oil. From the front of the jailhouse, the constable yawned noisily and began to whistle. The whistling came nearer. Miles dropped down. They heard the constable's footsteps coming up to May's cell. The barred door clanked. Then the footsteps receded. The whistling grew fainter. An inner door shut, and the lamp glow disappeared. At once, Miles was up again and prying at the nails. An eighth was out, a ninth, a tenth. Winnie counted carefully, while behind her counting, her mind sang, Stone walls do not a prison make. Miles handed down the prying tool. He grasped the bars of the window firmly, ready to pull, and stood poised. What is he waiting for? thought Winnie. Why doesn't he... Then, a flash of lightning, and soon after, a crack of thunder. In the midst of the noise, Miles gave a mighty heave, but the window did not budge. The thunder ebbed. Winnie's heart sank. What if it was all impossible? 
What if the window would never come out? What if... She looked over her shoulder at the dark shape of the gallows and shuddered. Again, a flash of lightning, and this time a crashing burst of noise from the swirling sky. Miles yanked. The window frame sprang free, and still grasping it by the bars, it tumbled backward off the box. The job was done. Two arms appeared in the hole left by the missing frame. Nay, her head appeared. It was too dark to see her face. The window, what if it was too small for her to squeeze through? What if... But now her shoulders were out. She groaned softly. Another flash of lightning lit her face for an instant, and Winnie saw an expression there of deep concentration, tip of tongue protruding, brows furrowed. Now Tuck was on the box, helping her, giving her his own shoulders to pull on. Miles and Jessie close at his sides, arms upstretched, eager to receive her bulk. Her hips were free now. Look out! Here she came, her skirts tearing on the rough edges of the boards, arms flailing, and they were all in a heap on the ground. Another crash of thunder muffled Jessie's bursting, exultant laugh. May was free. Winnie clasped her trembling hands, thankfully, and then the first drop of rain plopped precisely on the tip of her nose. The tucks untangled themselves and turned to her. One by one, as the rain began, they drew her to them and kissed her. One by one, she kissed them back. Was it rain on May's face? On Tuck's? Or was it tears? Jessie was last. He put his arms around her and hugged her tight and whispered the single word, Remember. Then Miles was on the box again, lifting her. His hands grasped the edge of the windows. This time, she waited with him. When the thunder came, it tore the sky apart with its roar, and as it came, she pulled herself through and dropped to the cot inside, unharmed. She looked up at the open square and saw the frame with Miles's hand holding it. The next obliging roll of thunder saw it wedged once more into place. And then, would Miles put back the nails? She waited. Rain came in sheets now, riding the wind, flung crosswise through the night. Lightning crackled, a brilliant, jagged streak, and thunder rattled the little building. The tension in the parched earth eased and vanished. Winnie felt it go. The muscles of her stomach loosened, and all at once she was exhausted. Still, she waited. Would Miles put back the nails? At last, standing tiptoe on the cot, she grasped the bars of the window, pulling herself up till she could just see through. Rain blew into her face, but at the next flash of lightning, looking down, she saw that the yard was empty, and before the thunder followed, in a pause while wind and rain held back for one brief moment, she thought she heard fading in the distance, the tinkling little melody of the music box. The tucks, her darling tucks, were gone. Uh -huh.